Hi, and welcome to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. When we talk about a healthy lifestyle, we're talking about holistic wellness, things like energy medicine and quantum healing, and so much more to help us all achieve optimum health. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope all is well with you on this day before Valentine's Day, which has become a big deal in many places around the world. In addition to the United States, Valentine, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada and Mexico and the United Kingdom and France and Australia, so lots of places. You know, we have some real history here. Americans began exchanging handmade Valentines. What a nice idea. In the early 1700s, I... Wow, it's amazing. It's wow. We weren't even a country then, but that's that's true. And today, the Greeting Card Association says an estimated 150 million Valentine's Day cards are sent every year. So Valentine's Day is the second largest card sending holiday of the year. Obviously, Christmas is number one. And let me guess. I'm going to say that probably women purchase approximately. I don't know. I would say almost 90% of all Valentines. You're right. The, the Greeting Card Association says 85%. Now, if you're thinking about a Valentine's dinner with an extra romantic menu, we've done some research into aphrodisiac foods as identified by the Organic Authority website. Hmm. Hmm. Well, number one on their list is oysters, which, you know, we've heard before. No which surprise pro- there. No, which improve dopamine levels to boost libido in men and women. Oysters are also high in zinc, which is vital for testosterone production. Number two on the aphrodisiac food list, and th- this is a, a huge surprise to me, watermelon. The director of the Fruit and Vegetable Center at Texas A&M says watermelon delivers Viagra-like effects on blood vessels throughout the body. He says watermelon also contains citrulline amino acid, which helps relax blood vessels that increase sex drive. So... I'm seeing watermelon in a whole new light. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think they have watermelon martinis. There we go. Mm-hmm. Well, number three on the list is dark chocolate mm, with a chemical known as, <laughs> want to say that word, Roy? Phenethylamine. Phenethylamine. That's right. That stimulates the sense of excitement and well-being. Well, we've heard chocolate is uh, is always, why, why do people give uh, boxes of chocolate on Valentine's Day? So now if somebody says, uh, you know, you're in the mood for something sweet, you say, I'd like a little phenethylamine. That'll really <laughs> confuse them. Number four on the list is asparagus, which is high in a B vitamin that increases the production of histamine, which is very important for a healthy sex drive in men and women. Well, number five on the list is avocado, which Mm. is one of your very favorites, Mm. which legend says was found to be so sexy by Spanish priests in South America that they forbade their parishioners from eating them. Mm. Hmm. Number six on the list is maca, and that's a root known as Peru's natural Viagra. Our our friend medicine hunter uh, Chris Killam says the maca plant increases stamina, energy, fertility, and libido. Mm-hmm. And rounding out the top seven aphrodisiac foods are pumpkin seeds. Who knew? Like oysters, they're high in zinc for testosterone production, along with libido, vitamins like B, E, C, D, and K. Well, there's a lot of libido vitamins. <laughs> and minerals, including calcium, potassium, niacin, and phosphorus. So as we mentioned above, our source for this is the Organic Authority website. So, of course, they recommend that all of these aphrodisiac foods that you buy be organic. So to recap, for that romantic Valentine's Day menu, I'm trying to figure out how you can kind of weave these all together. You want to, obviously you want to start with oysters. We knew that. But watermelon, dark chocolate, asparagus, avocado, maca, and pumpkin seeds. There you go. 
Well, there's a menu. I'd really like to see how somebody puts all that together. I don't even think I'm going to try. That's why you need multiple courses. That's that's right. And always chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> Especially the dark chocolate, the 80%, 90% cacao that's really full of antioxidants. It's good for you. It's what the doctor orders. Yeah, I wanted to participate in the research projects on that. I could never <laughs> figure out how to get on them. But And speaking of research, we also want to remind you about some very impressive heart health research we recently learned about involving vitamin K27. One major European study found that K27 contributed to a 50% reduction in cardiovascular death. That's a lot. And you heard that. <laughs> you heard that right. A 50% reduction as a result of vitamin K27. We got more details on it from Kiran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Health. It is so critical. It is so necessary. We'll talk about the heart-related benefits today, but it's critical for your bone, for your nerves, for your brain development, for your teeth, all kinds of things. And, uh, and we get almost none of it from our diet. There's no vitamin K27 in the Western diet. We mentioned uh, a study uh, in Europe that 50% reduction in cardiovascular mortality. That's, that's just kind of um, amazing to me. So what does it do to protect the heart? Yeah, and uh, so that study you're referring to is called the Rotterdam study. It was 4,800 patients over a 10-year period. Right, so that's no small study. That's not a, a, a small laboratory internal study on mice or something like that. It's a massive study. But and the thing is, it's not. It doesn't stand alone. There's a number of um, studies that preceded that, a number of studies that uh, that have not, since been done to further validate that information. So, what is vitamin K two seven doing? Well, as it turns out. If you look at the American Heart Association information on heart disease, the best predictor of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular mortality is calcium scoring, right? That is the deposition of calcium inside your arteries. Everything else that's a risk factor, things like cholesterol levels, inflammation like CRP, blood pressure, those are all associated with the risk in cardiovascular mortality or cardiovascular disease, but, but they're not the, the best predictors of the risk, right? It's calcium score. That means how much calcium is being deposited on the inner lining of your blood vessels. Because over time, as calcium gets deposited on the inner lining, the endothelium is the, is the name of it, uh, the inner lining of your blood vessels, the blood vessels start to stiffen and they become hard and they become less compliant is the word one would use. So they can't flex, they can't uh, open up wide and accept a large blood volume and they start to close up over time. So that calcification is the biggest predictor and risk factor. And the only thing so far discovered, whether natural, synthetic, or anything that can remove that calcium from your arteries and your lining of your vessels is vitamin K27, right? There's, and we have a defense mechanism against it, right? So our body is so smart. Our body knows that when you take in calcium through food and even nowadays supplements, calcium is going to float around your circulatory system. And if there's any sort of damage to the internal, to the lining of your vessels, it's going to start getting deposited in some of these areas. And so over time, it's normal for calcification to occur in your vessels. However, we've got a protein in our vessels called MGP. MGP's sole job is to get rid of that calcium for your vessels and in fact, send your calcium towards your bone, which is actually where you need it. 
and that MGP is a vitamin K27 dependent um, uh, molecule. And without vitamin K27, it cannot get activated and do its job of removing calcium from your arteries. If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're speaking with microbiologist Kieran Christian about vitamin K27 and the health of our heart. And there's, as you just mentioned, there's other things uh, besides uh, benefits to our for our heart health that K27 provides. One is bones, and that's something I'm very interested in. So can you talk about that for a second? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I mentioned just now is that uh, – one of the roles of MGP, the vitamin K dependent protein in your arteries, is to remove calcium from the arteries and then starts directing it towards the bone. Now, when the calcium gets to the bone, calcium just doesn't stick onto the bone, right? Calcium is an inert mineral. And so in order to actually stick calcium onto the bone, there it requires a paste. And the paste is called osteocalcin. Osteocalcin is the really critical paste that's required to actually take calcium and stick it on the bone. That osteocalcin is also a vitamin K2 dependent protein. So without vitamin K2 activating it, it cannot grab the calcium and stick it on the bone. And so that, that whole almost simplified mechanism of misdirected calcium, calcium ending up on the arteries and the lining of vessels versus on the bone, that's a huge thing that drives two of the four biggest killers in the Western world. That's heart disease, cardiovascular disease, and osteoporosis. A single vitamin addresses the mechanism by which those two conditions arise because K2 uh, helps ensure that the calcium is coming out of the arteries and the lining of the vessels and putting it onto the bone. Well, that, that that's great information. And, you know, for any of you out there that are dealing with osteopenia or osteoporosis, uh, boy, <laughs> this would be a really good thing to add to your uh, regimen. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, Kieran, but pardon me for getting personal, but how important is vitamin K27 in the realm of the supplements that you take? So for me, it's it's first and foremost, and I've been taking vitamin K27 for now almost 20 years. Um, and, and for me, the motivation was, you know, I have heart disease that runs in my family, right? My, my dad had um, a, um, a massive heart attack in his mid-40s, um, and so did his dad. And so there's a genetic element to that as well. And so one of the things that struck me was the, was the impact that this simple vitamin had on cardiovascular health. And so I've been taking it personally since then. Now, even since, uh, since the year around 2000, you know, we ourselves have come to discover new functions of, of vitamin K2 for your nerve health and your brain health and so on. So I like my brain and I want to maintain my brain and I like my nerves functioning the way they should. Um, and, and the energetics that K2 produces. So K2 um, can dramatically increase the amount of energy your mitochondria can produce. So all of those things are not only immediate lifestyle benefits for me, but also provides long-term um, you know, support for the kinds of systems that, that uh, are at risk in my physiology, right? And so um, to me, it's top of, uh, of the mind and, and, and the very front of my supplement counter. So vitamin K27, definitely worth uh, looking at and putting it on, on your uh, supplement counter. Let's just kind of decode what all that means. Uh, the K, there's a K1 and a K2. K1 only works in the liver. K2 has the heart, bone, and other health benefits. The 7 in the K27 stands for the fact that that's a natural version 
of the vitamin K, which comes from fermentation as opposed to K24, which is a synthetic. And finally, um, we advise looking for the 320 microgram dose, which studies say delivers nearly 90% of all of the benefits from vitamin K2, and that's the one in the Just Thrive Vitamin K27. You know, I take it for a lot of reasons, but uh, I'm concerned about my bones, so uh, I take it, I actually double up on it. Right. And that's very much worth doing, especially when you remember what Kieran told us about the Rotterdam study, 4,800 patients over a 10-year period, and the bottom line, a 50% reduction in cardiovascular death. You heard that right? Wow. 50% reduction, yeah. So that's a recipe for many, many happy Valentine's days to come. You can find all of the Just Thrive products on our website, HealingQuest.tv. And when you shop with us, a reminder, you help us bring Healing Quest to you every week. Still to come in our show today, Deepak Chopra's thoughts on love and Dr. Raleigh Duncan's insights on infrared saunas and spiritual health. And up next, an interesting development from UC Berkeley on anti-aging. And don't forget, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about jacuzzi saunas at infraredsaunas.com. That's infraredsaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at 1-800-798-1779. That's 1-800-798-1779. 1-800-798-1779. 1779.